Hit a button, Morty. Give me a beat. Oh, this is a podcast. You're what's good, folks. I appreciate you for tuning in to another episode of This A Podcast. This is the show where I, Mech Show, sit down with some of the most talented, hardworking, forward-thinking individuals that I know across all kinds of different industries. Um, I know people in music, arts, sciences, business. Um, I like to sit down with these people and just uh, get a really good understanding of how they got so good at what they do, how they maintain um, their skills, not even just maintain, but also improve upon their skills in their career and in their personal lives. Um, A little bit more about me. I am a content creator and I also run a family business uh, full time. Uh, Those are the two things that I do literally seven days a week. Um, 24 hours a day. So within that, I like to talk about a lot of business building, um, personal development, growth, things like that. Uh, So that's usually the scope or the frame of the conversation. But, you know, these things tend to go anywhere. Uh, As a content creator, I produce this podcast. I also produce a few other podcasts that you can find on itsnation.com and not just podcasts, web shows. We got something for everybody, man. If you're into sports, we got Sporty Life TV, web series hosted by my homies, Surgeon Theo Kona, who are uh, football coaches at John F. Kennedy High School. We also have a podcast called The Final Third, hosted by my boy Phil Nana, who is also a head coach, but at uh, Montgomery College, he coaches the uh, he's the head coach of the women's soccer team there. We also got the Bounce Back podcast, hosted by my girl Maylise Mittig. She is a yoga instructor, and her podcast is all about using yoga as a tool for um, resiliency and bouncing back. So she's talking to yoga instructors. She's talking to yogis. She's even talking to just everyday people who are committed to the yoga lifestyle. So that's dope. We got Live from the Back Seat hosted by my girl Simone Mitchum, um, another talented individual on the team. So yeah, man, we got a whole bunch of things going on on itsnation.com. So definitely check that out. And also, if you, yes, you listening are interested in starting a podcast or have had ideas for a podcast but don't know where to start, uh, reach out to me, man. I'm always down to help people get their thing off the ground. Um, this a podcast at gmail.com. You can hit me there and we can, you know what I'm saying, definitely get the wheels in motion for all that. But um, yeah, definitely after this podcast, you know what I'm saying? Listen to this first and then go ahead and step on over to isnation.com and see what else we got going on over there. On this episode, I have Lou White on tap. Lou is the head coach of the uh, AAU basketball team that I have been doing media for for the last couple of years. Um, this conversation is really awesome. I, re- I really enjoy talking to Lou. He's a really cool guy, really funny Uh, really down to earth, you know what I mean? So we had a really, really dope conversation around um, youth sports. Uh, We go into a a little bit about who he is, his basketball career. He's actually accomplished a lot of great things as a basketball player in his own right. So we get into some of that, and then we start to talk about some of the coaching, the coaching aspect of his basketball career, which uh, really fascinates me as far as um, some of the lessons he tries to teach his basketball players, some of the values he tries to instill in them. I, um, anybody that kind of knows me 
on a real level knows that I really credit a lot of who I am and why I am the way I am to things that I've learned as um, a kid when I was playing uh, high school football, little league football, basketball, all those things um, really instill values in me that I carry to this day that we get into during this episode. So um, yeah, I'm not even going to rap too much. I really want to get into it. So here we go. I got Coach Lou White on tap today. Coach, I appreciate you coming through, man. How man, are you? Man, I'm good, man. Appreciate yeah. you for having me, man. Yeah, man. Um, I've been looking forward to having this conversation, man. I'm not going to lie. So uh, just to set up context for this, you know what I mean? Let people know a real quick Cliff Notes version of who you are and what you do. Well, I grew up in the metropolitan area, not the DMV for, for, <laughs> for, the, new, for the new guys. It's always been the metropolitan area. Is that for and, real? Like, when yeah. do you think DMV became a... Maybe, maybe 2000. Oh, really? Five, maybe. Really? Yeah. I feel like I always grew up yeah, knowing it was DMV. Yeah, but it was the <clears throat> metropolitan area. Okay. You know, guys, we used to say I'm for the metropolitan okay. area. Okay. You know, but now it's the DMV. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, in and out, you know, D.C., Maryland, you know, out, graduated from Gwen Park. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to Fork Union, you know, military academy, ninth, 10th grade, you know, went to Gwen Park, graduated from Gwen Park. Um, went to South Carolina, went to PG for a little bit, you know, got a little bit of everything mm-hmm. um, without going into too much detail about how the recruitment went from my high school, mm-hmm. but just getting over that with my coach, you know, but um, things, things took, took a rocky rough road, mm-hmm. which put me in a position that I'm in now to lead and show kids how not to step in these different potholes. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, we're definitely going to dig into that yeah. like throughout the course of the convo. Yeah, so that into playing professional basketball to, you know, coaching college and coaching high school mm-hmm. and, you know, also AAU. So I'm on the, the other side now. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Two totally different worlds uh, between <laughs> playing and coaching. Yeah, I bet. You know, and people think it all runs <clears throat> the same and that you can share your story and it doesn't work that way. Yeah. You know, coaching is coaching. Uh, all young guys now believe that if you're a coach, you're an old head. That's that's <laughs> so, facts, so, and, and, and it's crazy because I feel like um, coaches are getting younger. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like yeah. coaches are getting younger yeah. on all levels, like the professional level. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You just saw Scott McVay is like a 32 year old, which is yeah. a baby. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But like, yeah. yeah, I feel like coaches are getting younger. But yeah, I guess so are the kids. Maybe. Well, the the, the kids are mentally they're 28. <laughs> They think, they think that they're grown <laughs> they already, they're grown. you know what I mean? And then now they're really, essence, they might be 12 or 13, mm-hmm. you know, based off of harnessing their emotions and hiding their emotions mm-hmm. so it makes them seem more like infants. But, you know, they might be 17, but really 13 or 14 mentally. Yeah. You know, but they think that they're 35 and that we only have the internet to thank for that because That's whenever real. they need to know something, they can find it. You know what I mean? Up. So they, I give kudos to the youngins about that. They're smarter than we were because the internet. Whatever they need to know or learn, it's right there for them. For and us. they're seeking out the yeah, information. They're, see- you know they're seeking the information. We didn't have that available at that time to really just look for what we wanted. It came a little, a little later, but mm-hmm. you know, so I yeah, give them that. Problem. Yeah, man. Um, just real quick, like a little bit about how we know each other. Um, some of my friends that know me, like uh, like outside of the podcast, know I'm always out shooting uh, basketball yeah. tournaments on the weekends, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm always out of town and it's for your uh, AAU team. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? But uh, you mentioned, so that's the coaching side, but you mentioned uh, about your playing days and I kind of want to talk about that because 
you're a humble guy, man. I didn't know. I, I did a little bit of research, you know what yeah, I'm saying? I didn't yeah. know, like, you were really, like, a baller. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just going to run down, like, a couple of the accolades. Like you said, you went to Gwen Park. Um, you led a team that was 2-20 and 20 before you got there to a 20-8 and eight season your first year there, which is crazy. Um, like, really, like, single-handedly almost turned that joint around, which is crazy. And, 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 and the, the single-handedly part was actually being the person that did the little thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't lead us in scoring, but rebounding, you know what I mean? And getting steals and the little things that, that were needed. We had guys that could score the basketball. We had guys that – we had a few guys that could really defend, but we really didn't have rebounders, and that's what I brought to the table. And it was yeah. like rebound and outlet and allowed them to be who they were. You know and, what's interesting? Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. And, and, and that, was, that was actually the small piece. And mm-hmm. We actually had a rookie coach. <clears throat> who, who who never coached, um, and he got coach of the year. Wow! And you know, shout out to Steve Matthews. Yeah, you know, he got coach of the year, and it's like he walked in first year coach of the year. Now, is that a jinx? Sometimes it can. You know what I mean? <laughs> straight like, up, straight start, up. When you start out on the top, it's now it's like, okay, how do we keep? That pressure, yeah, that pressure, <laughs> that pressure for the sophomore so, yeah. and the the next years after that. Yeah. But um, just to, to touch on what you were saying about the little things, man. Something that I realize is when you see, first of all, everybody always wants to do the the big things, the things that get the like the cheers. Everybody wants right. to be the scorer. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. If we take it to uh, the real world, everybody wants to be like the boss, the CEO, the guy right. that's on top. You know what I mean? Right. But I think. First of all, what people don't realize is the success comes from the little things. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's literally where the bit, like, that's where the success comes from. No one wants to take ownership of that. But um, just to your point, when you see the people who have the most talent or the most uh, upside doing Mm -hmm. the little things, I Mm -hmm. think it motivates the, just to maybe, try to figure out what was going on on your team. I think when you see somebody that had the talent that you came in with doing those little things, Mm -hmm. it makes it, seem more important for the other people to be to be doing that too. Do you right. feel that way? Right. Well, like like for that for that instance from the high school, leaving Fork Union, um ninth and tenth grade, played played junior prep. Okay. Um we won the league both years. And then then going to varsity, my tenth grade, it was being, you know, at the end of the season once we won, you know, you add on, you join varsity. Mm-hmm. And just being a role guy and a bench guy and then actually being put in the game with other guys that are are going to bigger schools. Yeah. Now you have to rebound, play defense, those the little things. Got to so get in trans- where you fit in. Right, got <laughs> to get in where you fit in, right? And that helped transition to Gwen Park because it was the same thing. I got over there and it was like there's nobody really to rebound or really play in the post. Everybody's short, so it's like the guard thing. And that helped then. Um, the identity stuff, you know, comes later, slowly but surely. What you can do actually comes out later, but you know, you have to get in where you fit in. You know yeah. what I mean? So, and that happened all through every process. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like when you talk about being successful, like you're talking about, there's a lot of people that will never talk about the 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 points, the the lowest points that they went through. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like there were some real low points in in transitioning into players, right? Some people don't feel comfortable talking about it. Some some do. The transition, going from one school to the next, trying to figure out, you know, how do I mesh? How do I how do I blend in? And it's even more difficult for the young kids now because of social media, mm-hmm. the cell phones. 
you know, and I and I love the term back in the day. So back in the day, <laughs> right? There was no cell phone. So if there was a situation, let's say there was a uh, disagreement between neighborhoods, you know, there was no, it wasn't documented. Hundred percent. You know what I mean? So now, different, you know, a difference between neighborhoods. It's on the other side of the world in five seconds. You know what I mean? So if you if you were a kid that got into the fight, that fight's going to be there for the next forever 50 years yeah. 60 years whatever and it's it's out there you know what I mean where if something took place back in the day it stopped right there the mm-hmm. only ones who knew about it was those folks which makes life a little more difficult for the young kids now because now they want to be perfect because oh, of the yeah. cameras and everything yeah, out right now you know what I mean yeah. so they don't want to recognize the negative side or the things that they don't quite do well yeah. you know with you, they don't want to recognize that because now in my mind I have to be this perfectionist That's because facts. the cameras are always out and yeah. things are always going on and they want to be seen in no light you yeah. know what I mean so that's, that that's a very interesting point um, just to yeah so just to uh, run through a couple more of these accolades man uh, you led the NAIA in scoring 2000 two time NAIA All American two time conference player of the year I want to know from you what what are you most proud of from your playing days? Whether it's one of these things or like something else um, at all, like what 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 would you say you're most proud proud of as a player? The the most being proud of uh, let me see is more probably playing first playing basketball at uh, the age of like literally on the team like ninth grade. You know, not you know, it was football guy first. That was oh, so the first time you picked up a basketball type shit was like like on a wow. team. Yeah, so never been on a team until I got to the ninth grade. Interesting. So it was always football, football, football. Were you a big kid? Not really. Nah, no. Like how how tall were you? Because you're kind of big now. You <laughs> like you? What are you like six four now? Yeah. So I was six. Maybe I was like five eleven. I was like five eleven, six okay. foot in the ninth grade. Um, That's I, what? That's big. I, that's well, big. I well, I didn't grow anymore after oh, that. Okay, you know okay, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, five yeah. inches. Okay, you know what yeah. I mean? So it's like, you know, that was just okay. the size. But it was it was a fo- it was football first. Mm-hmm. So um, to not play, you know, youth basketball, no team, no boys and girls club, no, none of that. I yeah. played football, yeah. boys and girls club. You know, but to get to the level that I got to without playing at this age where they're saying the kids have to play. That's where you got it. That's where like that's where you're developed. You kind of know who you are by ninth grade, tenth grade, right, low key. Right. You, feel you me? know what I mean? So now I recognize this is something that I want to do. So I'm playing football and basketball. And the only reason why I end up playing basketball is because while I was at Fork Union, you know, I had Eddie George on the team. You know, he goes to Ohio State, wins the Heisman. They win. He goes to the NFL. He's running back for the Titans mm-hmm. and plays for the Cowboys. And so I'm looking at we're playing. We're running a pro f- football set. Yeah. And then I came to Gwen Park, and they're running the Veer, and they run the ball. You know, fifty times a game. Might 100%. pass it four times yeah, a game. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So the style changes. Like a little league football team. Yeah. Like so you. I'm saying, okay, well, I'm gonna play. Um, basketball. Um, I went to the football coach and expressed about playing football, and the guy never made eye contact. Yeah. He just had head down, and it was kind of like, well, yeah, well, we're pretty much set. What position are you thinking about playing? And, you know, never made any eye contact. You could and, just uh, tell that their program wasn't serious. Right. So then some of the guys that I played against in the pound ball was like, no, coach, this guy can play. Mm-hmm. And I went out for one practice, and I stayed on the sideline the entire practice. And that was it for me. 
Now, that's one of those moments where you really didn't want to play football because if you did, you would have You'd finished what you start. Yeah. Right? But at the same time, that's the young guy that's trying to figure out, man, we just won championships over here. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just standing on the sideline when I'm used to being on every time. That's where you put yourself before the team type of deal. And that was a transition where I can look back and say, you didn't have no patience. Um, was that difficult for you? Like, what? I, I kind of want to know what was going on through your mind as far as like that transition. It, for, it was a happy transition. And yeah. that's what I mean by happy. Fork Union Military Academy is all boys. It is a penal facility. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean it and I mean it at its best it's a penal facility there's a girl's school down the street yeah. and if the wind blows the right way the perfume comes down there but outside of that man there's no yeah. <laughs> right yeah. so it's kind of like getting back to the school and you're like man girls 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 Sports, sports, class, <laughs> maybe school. You know, so, so, so it was kind of like ah, I'm not worried about it, you know. So it was, it was, it was a roller coaster of emotion. Okay, happy to be back in school around girls. Not the football team's not as good as where I just came from. The basketball team's not as good where I just came from. So it was kind of, it was kind of like a roller roller coaster. So yeah. you know, it was kind of like a judge field. But it was like there's a couple people that really helped in the transition yeah. um, of it. Man, good friend of mine, Rodney, helped with the transition. You know what I mean? And then one of the assistant coaches, Coach Farmer, um, Coach Hawkins. Um, you know those guys, uh, Coach Woods. Those guys kind of helped in the transition. Okay. You know what I mean, and um, yeah. Yeah, so um, that first year playing basketball, what was what was that like for you? Did did it take a while for you to get acclimated, or well, we didn't we didn't really have any plays, right? Well, we had, let's say this: we had plays, but we didn't have the players that were disciplined enough to play. To so we were just plays. yeah to run those plays. <laughs> so we were just pretty much freelancing. We would pass the ball around, and then someone would get tired of passing the ball around, and they would make a play. And me, I would always, you know, trying to find, just trying to stay spaced, you know, not to get in anybody's way. And then when somebody drove to the basket, I would drive right behind them, and I would end up being up. No, I would end up being the the dish off. Oh, the dish off guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, straight up guy. Yeah, so it was like that. That was that worked for us. Yeah, you know, so defensively, any shot they go up, try to block it or you know rebound outlet, so you know we can play that fast pace. But you know, it was somewhat easy. Because the, the the team that we had, you know, we had like two guys that were shooters, mm-hmm. you know, two guys that were creators, you know, two guys that were defensive. So everyone played their role. Yeah. It wasn't like nobody was trying to do someone else's job. Mm-hmm. That's that's the only thing that made it easy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then those seniors left out the door. And then the next year it was, I think we had three seniors, you know, out of the 15. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So um, now it's the, you're the guy. And you have the ninth and tenth grade guys, and they're looking up to you. But at the same time, it's like we got next year if we lose. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so the, meta- the mentality—they don't changes. got an urgency, no like, sense, sense of urgency, it. no sense of it. And then some of them are, you know, it's the deer in the headlights. They're kind of, you know, I'm on varsity this is a big deal. But some of them, you know, really accepted it. Yeah. How how would you describe like how your work ethic was when you were young, like around that age? Like, were you the type of person that? Didn't have to be told when to go work out or no. You definitely didn't have to tell me that. Yeah, definitely didn't have to tell me that. Um, where was that? Just like intrinsic motivation. Like where? Like where do you think that I, came from? I, you know, when it came to football, 
definitely didn't need any motivation. Basketball, I'm seeing guys that were dunking, and I was in ninth grade, like going back to Fork Union. Um, this one guy motivated me to death, Preston Snell. Never forget it. This guy's <laughs> out there in strength shoes. He's working out. Oh, I remember those strength shoes with the <laughs> yeah. no heels. Yeah. <laughs> I remember those. And and just I remember seeing him in games dunking backwards, reverse dunking, and, you know, off the vert, left hand, right hand. And I see him with the strength shoes. And I jumped right in. Man, I'm trying to do that. And he was like, well, we can work out every day. And that started when I was in ninth grade. And he was in the 11th, you know, and I'm looking at him and I'm seeing this and I'm like, man, this guy really, this is it. Well, when my legs were sore, he was knocking on the door. Let's go. And again, yeah, again, every day. We're at this every day. And it was kind of like the, the pull along because I remember playing both sports. So I'm playing, Preston's only playing basketball, but I'm playing football and basketball. Mm -hmm. So he said, so what? You got to touch a football every day. You got to touch a basketball every day. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, he helped me on the basketball side. So that, when he, when he left the school, it was me that was like, you know what? Every day, you know, and then talking to the guys that were older and coach Fletcher Eric, you know, that was the, that was the, um, the coach down there for the, um, the grads. Mm -hmm. Um, He's like, well, you got to stay in the gym. You know, his thing is, you know, stay in the gym. You got to stay in the gym. You know, and, so, and I'm like, stay in the gym. Well, you got to work out with everybody. You know, don't just do your own thing. And those words stuck. So I didn't, I was never, I did, after ninth grade, I didn't need motivation. Didn't need motivation. To this day right now, I still go run on the football field. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Goal post to goal post. That's a sprint. Down and back is one. Yeah. I might do 15. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, here I am not playing for anything. It's an in shape thing. I can't get the kids that want to play to do that. Yeah. The small thing. Hundred percent. Yeah. I feel like. Do you feel like that's a habit that you've kind it's of? Yeah. I was it's just about to say, bro. It's a habit. Yeah. I would say just to relate it to my own situation. I feel like. Um, so now I do the whole video thing, right. but before I really got good at it, I I would just and my way of learning, I would just like, when I get off work, I would come home and I would just spend the night like just working on videos, uh, watching video tutorials, just stuff like that, right? right. And I would do that for a, like, I would just do that every day, you right. know what I mean? Right. And I was telling one of my friends, like now it's a habit. Like now I'm a pretty good videographer. Like I know what I'm doing and all this stuff, but it's still a habit for me to mm -hmm. every day when I get off work to sit in front of my computer and do something. And if I don't have anything to do, mm -hmm. then I'll do something else. But like, it's a habit for me to first come home and then sit in my computer. <laughs> right, like it's right. just a habit, it's you a know habit. what I'm saying? Yeah, like it's yeah. really crazy. Yeah, those habits are hard to break. Yeah. You know? And you know, this been training since, 13, 14 years old, you know? So we're talking like 30 years of doing something athletic. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's definitely a habit, yeah. you know? And to the point to where it's the, I could step on and off the scale. And of course it's ridiculous, but we're used to, as athletes, you're used to a certain weight, certain size, and you know, you're gonna gain weight. Mm -hmm. My playing weight was 190, 195. I stepped on the scale yesterday, 206. 
First thing I say mentally, you're fat. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so straight like, up. You know what I mean? Like you gaining weight because you, you know, it's always been this skinny guy. Yeah, you know straight what I mean? Up, yeah. It's something so small as far as like just a little, you know, pound. And then you go to the doctor and he says, Well, you're obese. And I say, Well, wait a minute. What do you do you want me to blow away in the way? You know I, mean? so, I run every day. What are you yeah, talking I mean, about? <laughs> so, well, you can, well, you need to be between one eighty five and yeah. one eighty five. I haven't seen that since the tenth grade. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So it's you know, that's facts. So, that's facts. so I, I think that that's just a spill, a line that they have. You know, yeah. the doctors want to get you all the way. Um, you, know? you mentioned you mentioned the dude that was in eleventh grade that uh, was kind of like bringing you along to work out and stuff like that. Preston Snell, yeah, Preston. I'm interested in knowing was there anybody else in particular that you looked up to as a kid? Um, as a kid, it was Jeff Malone. Um, you know, I met Jeff Malone when I was a kid. And um, that guy really gave me some, you know, gave me motivation just because this was someone that I could readily identify, you know, talk with him and met him in person when I was a kid, you know, watch him on TV and see. And so I was kind of like, I was like, yeah. Who is Jeff Malone? Not he was a guard that played oh, okay. here for the, for, the, for the Washington Bullets. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, I remember um, the Bullets. I, that, that was my favorite team. I went to, I remember my first Bullets game. I saw George Murris on. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> I was yeah. like, yo, this guy's tall yeah. as hell. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, was a, Jeff was a scorer, could score in many ways, catch and shoot guy, really liked the one, two dribble pull up. Um, you know, name wasn't really in lights to certain people when it came to hype mm-hmm. but could really play with the best of yeah them. I was about to say yeah. um, cause I, he's not a player that I'm familiar with especially right. name wise what was it that drew you to him um, or drew him to you it, it was it was more so um, his demeanor excuse me his calm demeanor it was it was not a um, over the top you know he didn't talk a lot mm-hmm. You know, didn't say much, but it just seemed like everything that he did, he did it real smooth and straight to the point. You know, it wasn't any nervousness or a whole lot of movement, no wasted movements. And I was like, man, he makes that game look really easy. And that's what I I enjoy watching. And I saw that, and I recognized it later as, as a pro, the least amount of movements, the better. Because as the game go on, you get to use other things because you haven't wasted any movement. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I got that aspect of why pros are like that. That's very interesting. You know, now, you know, which which I don't I can't watch every every NBA team. I can't. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't watch the Houston Rockets. Uh, I, I'll turn the TV first. Well, I got a frustration. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I probably you, you know you can't watch James Harden. I, I can watch James Harden, Harden all day. I cannot watch James Harden at all. I can watch James Harden all day long. The, the game that I the game that I yeah, fell in love with, of course, you know what I mean. Yeah, is now it's not that no more. Yeah. You know, being able to score and create off the dribble that's fine. But when you get the basketball and we're just going to all watch and wait until you make your move. Make your decision, make, yeah. You know, I have a treadmill in the basement. You know what I mean? So I would run on a treadmill if I was one of the teammates. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's like, yeah. why am I running the floor if you're never going to, it's just going to be you. So mm-hmm. I, you know, the, the only reason why that that is even relevant now is because people can readily identify themselves doing one-on-one moves. He brings the open gym to the NBA. <laughs> right? Straight up. This is open. Yeah, he brings up. the open gym to the NBA. Yeah. So everyone that's a fan of open gym and playing and being able to do what you want without any rules, mm-hmm. you bring that to the NBA and that's what makes it entertainment. Yeah. Right? Facts. So for me to watch James Harden, um, I just can't. 
<laughs> Man, I can't. I can, yeah. I can watch the Spurs. It's I crazy. Watch- because I was going to say because like there's so many teams that are like are not even like it's not just James Harden. There's right. so many players that have that type of game. You feel me? Yeah. That they um that they just kind of do what they want. You know what I mean? Right. And and and, that, and 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 once again, you know our era. You know you have basketball historians, then you have basketball fans. You know the fanatics. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really don't talk with fanatics, mm-hmm. but I'll talk with historians. Mm-hmm. The guys that played in the past played the team game. If they were given the same opportunity that James Harden has, where just give him the ball and everyone get out of the way, you know, it would be totally different. That's why a lot of the older guys don't respect some of the younger players now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. you know, they talk about the greats and things of that nature and how that word flies, flies freely, like a bottle of water. Oh, the greatest of all time, the greatest, the greatest, the greatest, the greatest what? Of your error, let's start there. It's an error. Yeah, thing. because you it is I mean? a, yeah, yeah. And we're going to stop there of all time, you know. So, um, it's, you know, certain games I can't watch. Getting getting back to the point, I can't watch. <laughs> Straight up. You know what I mean? Because it's not, it's not the same. But uh, motivating, you know, Jeff was very motivating because it, every, he moved, he played team basketball, and he looked, it looked effortless. That was what I really gravitated to, and I liked the more pros that I was around, it was like that also. You know what I mean? So it was like, gosh, Jeff Malone um, when I was a kid. Now, when I got to a little older, I was a – offensively, I was a Mookie Blaylock fan. Mookie Blaylock played yeah, playoff for the yeah. Hawks. Same thing, ran the pick and roll, ran the team. You know, didn't do anything too flashy, but had flash with him. You make a move and you'd be like, oh, great mm-hmm. move. Mm-hmm. Something so subtle. Love the way, love the way he was poised. So for me, it was the I was more attracted to the fact that guys were poised and under control, and that's what I got from a lot of those pros. What do you feel like um, if you were to look at young the young you, like maybe high school senior year? You know what I'm saying? What do you think your coach? Are your coaches or the people that are around you would say where your strengths and your weaknesses? Like, what do you think you, like, what do you think people saw in you? You know what I mean? In high school, they saw, let's start with the negative. Yeah. The yeah. negative, the negative was still raw because I didn't have a trainer. There was no development. Mm-hmm. It was go play basketball. Mm-hmm. And we played and we played. <laughs> See, that's, played. That was you learning. You know, and that was me learning. Yeah. You know what I mean? So once I played, 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 and then when someone saw you getting better, they would give you a tip here or there. But as far as setting up training sessions and you going in here, and you're, that didn't exist. Okay. Which is like literally just the model now. You got kids 12 years old, like got a, a training session three times a week. Right, you know what I'm saying? Right. So my, my mechanics were awful. The when I mean like everyone has a triple threat, but actual mechanics and what it looks like, the shot fakes and the jabs, what it looks like, that wasn't something that was practiced. Mm-hmm. The mechanics were bad. Mentally, did not think the game, it was all reaction. Just athleticism and reaction. Wasn't thinking the game because I didn't know the game in high school. You know what I mean? And it was, you know, guys say that they know the game. I didn't know the game. I was out there playing and going where I was instructed to go until I actually, I didn't learn the game until I was probably like 22. You know what I mean? To where you can actually visualize seeing what's going to happen. It was older. It was well older, you know, once I yeah. finished college. So, yeah. um, 
and also just the mentality. Um, you know, I was given the bad, I was given the bad attitude label, but those are most of the people that are misunderstood and they're not asked. That's facts. So you have to understand if it doesn't make sense and you don't know who I am, if it doesn't make sense, we're not going to agree. Yeah. I came from structure. I came from Fork Union Military Academy. <clears throat> facts. Structure to public high school to a rookie coach. Right? Yeah. yeah. With no plays to a team that was 2 and 20 from before. So there was a difference. I came from a winning program. So there was a difference in what could have been perceived as an attitude problem. You didn't think you're not thinking of where we're coming from. Yeah. I'm coming from structure. I'm coming from winning. You're trying to tell me this. I'm used to things being this way. Yeah. You don't have a background in coaching nor playing, but you're telling me this, which I just left one of the mm -hmm. potential greats in Fletcher Eric mm -hmm. in Virginia school history to this. So there was a difference of opinion and it was perceived as attitude. That's that's sounds more like frustration. Did you feel like it was would you call that I was that? I was definitely <clears throat> frustrated. So let me give you a scenario yeah. of how there were a few timeouts that I remember personally timeout. We'll come over there and the coach was trying to figure out what we were going to do, right? Everybody has a, you have stepping stages, you know, there's stages and everything. There's going to be pawns. Unfortunately, my junior, senior year, I was a pawn during this coach learning the process, right? Didn't do it on purpose. You know, he didn't do it on purpose. It's just experiences. Some kids going to fall short while you learn. And um, one of the timeouts that we had I remember no instruction were given. No instructions were given. And it went something like this. All right, y'all get hurry up, get some water, get some water, have a seat, have a seat. Now, who's in the no, he's going in the game, right? Yeah, he's going in the game. All right, who, no. Everybody that's in the game, have a seat. Everybody else, if you're not in the game, stand up. All right, here we go. Now you're in, no, you're in right now. First horn. Right? You sit down and no, we're, what we're going to do is, right? And he's looking to see who's in the game for the other team down there. What we're going to do, right? We're going to do, right? I want you to get the basketball. I want you to get the basketball up top. And we're going to, I want you to cut back. Second horn. Okay. And now it's let's go, guys. Let's go. All right. Just run 55. Just run 55. All right. Let's go. And I come out of the timeout and I look at the assistant coach. And Coach Farmer, man, it's my guy. Coach Farmer said, well, you know, just do what he says. You know, just do what he says. <laughs> and, and I was like, 55, he was like, yeah, 55, 55. And we go through and we run it. And and that was a timeout. You know what I mean? So yeah. no instruction, no, you guys are not rebounding. You guys are not playing together. None of that. Call the play. You know what I mean? <laughs> just, you know, he just waited till the end and closed, you know? <laughs> so there was frustration there when yeah. leaving the military setting where you were being held accountable you're out there, you're just playing selfish. Oh, you're not playing hard enough. You're not winning that matchup. You're not, you know, that wasn't being relayed. So yes, there was frustration. Facts. You know facts. what I mean? So definitely had that. Yeah. Definitely had some of that. Um, what would you say, so what would you think some of your coaches would say your strengths were? The strengths was the fact that I didn't have to be motivated. You know, in practice. That's a super strength. You know, in practice, I tried to dunk everything. If it was in layup range, I tried to dunk it. 
you know, um, you know, I would shoot free throws, you know, knowing that that wasn't a strength back then. And it actually cost us, to, in my eyes, other people say different, but in my eyes, I got fouled with 40-something seconds left. I missed both free throws. We ended up losing by two. We got a couple other shots at the basket, mm-hmm. but me, I wear you it on my like shoulders. Was, yeah, yeah, I take it on my shoulders. Yeah. And I used it when I went to college, and I ended up shooting 85% for free throw line in college. Nice. So I, I just flipped it. But, you know, some guys, oh, man, he missed the free throw. Blame him. That's fine. You know, I can take that. But then there's some others, like, we got two more shots at the basket. Mm-hmm. And then what about the rest of the game? Yeah, you, the whole game. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, so you, you gain you gain from it. Yeah. You know, for me, um, I was able to, you know, whatever was given to me on my plate, I could take that part and use it as fuel. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So coach tell me I couldn't do something, I would try to prove it to him that I could. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and, um, and try to motivate some of my team like that too. So um, they tried – another thing was um, – Coach, you know, he he said something that that really didn't resonate with me well, which was, you know, well, give the ball to Lou. He missed the Gwen Park. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't like that. Why not? He, I didn't. I didn't like that. I mean, to say he's Mister Gwen Park, as if I'm playing basketball by myself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I have teammates. Mm-hmm. You know, how did you just make them feel? Mm-hmm. You know, so my face instantly smirked, like what? Mm-hmm. You know, like, and then I just like shook my head and like fanned him off because I was standing kind of beside him, you know, like fanned it off. But um, my the players that was on the team know that I didn't feel that way. I might have I might have been you know the leading scorer of that team, but to to say that it's kind of like indirectly, coaches don't know their power, so that certain players could be turned off by that and it starts a inner team difference mm-hmm. where it's like you pitting guys against each other but they you don't they don't know yeah, yeah you know yeah, what i mean so yeah. it's like i wanted to reassure them that that's the man don't listen to that you yeah. know that's that stuff right there what we're going to do is let's go you know the motivational part so yeah 100 i think that's a human thing because like parents sometimes do that teachers yeah. do that yeah. like you know say you're you, you think you're complimenting somebody but you're also hurting everybody, yeah, everybody else that's else. part of that yeah. collective yeah. 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 you yes. know what i mean yes yeah yeah, yeah. Um, i kind of actually like i think that's a good segue into the coaching side of things from right. your aspect um right. But before we really get into that, uh, can you explain um, what Team BIS is, uh, even the, the organization, if you want to um, get right. into it, what BIS is, what it's about, how it came about? Just give us a little bit of information on what it is. Team BIS is a 501c3 uh, nonprofit organization, which stands for Building Independent Successful Students. Um, I wanted to do my part. Um, there's a lot of things that are, that are left out and untouched in our area. Sports is put first. Grades are put, like, long as he's eligible, then we're okay. Um, there are a lot of things that, that I say um, athletes, they have a whole lot that they could offer this area. And I, and I sat back expecting somebody else to do it. And then I decided to do it myself. Facts. Right? So dating back, you have players that they've had camps. You have some players that haven't had camps. Only player that I can remember having anything that I can really lay my hat on was Sugar Ray Leonard with the boxing the facility that people could go to. Um, oh, wait, so you're saying like players, well, their way of giving back is by coming back and doing a camp. Because I do see that a lot of times. Yeah, yeah you, you have guys that come back and they, they do a camp. Yeah. And... 
And then that's like, that's my give back. Yeah, that's, that's give back. You know, it's, <laughs> Even though uh, I got like, paid for it. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? So it's like, what what's really needed in the community yeah. is, is we don't need another basketball court. Mm-hmm. We don't need another camp. You know, like we could take, for instance, let me see. Like Kevin Durant, right? Kevin used to be everywhere, all courts, mm-hmm. everywhere around, right? You play everywhere. Barry Farms, run and shoot, Watts, be everywhere. Someone of that magnitude, name could be everywhere. The one thing that we need here, our kids need ACT, SAT prep, Right. This is what stops a lot of kids that have the ability. They don't have the classroom. The educational based is what we need. Like I said, less basketball course. That's not what they need. So I would see the other athletes and they would do camps and things like that. And I'm like, that's cool. You know, recognizing to give things away, shirts, shoes, what have you. But that's not really where the hurdle is. The hurdle is not shoes or T-shirts. Mm-hmm. The hurdle is the academic portion. Mm-hmm. And the facilities, when you have a name, a large name like those guys, it will attract more kids that actually need the help. The average guy, like we said before, in casual conversation, I could tell a kid that he needs to do this, it will go in one ear and out the other. If Kevin, you know, uh, Navarro, Bowman, Mm -hmm. any other athlete around here says something, then it will resonate with that kid and they will hear it. So someone of that stature needs to have that that educational-based facility. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Kevin just opened one, right? Kudos to him. Congratulations mm-hmm. to him for that. But, you know, our metropolitan area, all the kids in the area can't get into that one. <clears throat> you know what I mean? So I feel like everybody needs to do their part at some point especially if you have a background in sports or you feel like you have a following or anyone that you have a service or resource that you yeah. can offer the kids that if you can do it and it's in your means to go ahead and do it. And that was that was what the team best was. Mm-hmm. There was kids that I know that needed needed it and I, I wanted to get that done. Yeah. So as far as the team actually getting started, I started the AAU team after I saw kids in the gym shooting around, working out, that got cut from other schools. I mean, from other AAU teams. Mm-hmm. So that's what actually started. Why aren't you guys playing? Oh, I've tried out for this team. I got cut. And I was like, really? Yeah. What are your grades? Uh, 3.6. 3.6? You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, come on. You know, and, and that's how I started the AAU team. You know, and our teams, they weren't they weren't with the best of talent. But whenever you have kids that are willing to listen and learn, then they, they often compete. Yeah. A lot more than you thought they would. 100%. 100%. I think um, – I think – it, you definitely have to tap into it, but I think every, I'm not, not going to say every kid, but a lot of kids got this level of uh, competitiveness that they just don't have a way of expressing. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Like, um, I know when I played uh, youth sports, um, I always 
like I always was able to find that, you know what I'm saying? Even mm-hmm. if I got like little playing time, you know what I'm saying? So like like you're saying, if you take a kid who just doesn't get a lot of playing time, but has that in them, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You give them a little bit more time and you'll start to see that. And then when they realize that it's in themselves, they'll start to, you know what I'm saying? It, it's, it'll be like a snowball type shit. Like it'll, right. it'll build, you know what I mean? Right. right. Um, but something that I've noticed though is with you and your players, like you got a great rapport, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, I'm, I'll be up there filming and I'll see them like laughing with you on the sidelines sometimes, mm-hmm. like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Things like that. Um, I want to know like what's your approach with connecting with kids and how do you go about like building that rapport and stuff like that? Like, do you have a, cer- a certain approach? Um, the approach that I take is astrology. You know when they're born, you know what their signs are. Right, I think that's very interesting because I'm a big sign guy. Like, not even gonna lie, I'm a big sign, and I just kind of got, I kind of just started, not just maybe in the last couple of years, right? Just started like paying attention to how like real signs are. Right. You know what I mean? So right. I'm interested in, yeah, go ahead. So, so in dealing with signs, it comes with the traits, the positive and the negative. Mm-hmm. Well, at this age bracket, anything negative you can eventually change. Traits are, you can change traits. Mm-hmm. They're not permanent, okay? It's whether you have the fuck it in your system or not. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I, I'm just going to do that. So if you want to change it, you can change it. 100%. Right? But teens don't even actually know who they are 100%, at this point. 100%. So I'll look at the positive. I'll look at their negative. And I know exactly who I'm dealing with. And whatever's negative, I'll find a common ground a way to approach that negative in a manner that they can understand without berating them and going all the way over the top. So I'll dial into that aspect um, and we'll see, you know, what what my different approaches are. So in practice, I'll touch this or I'll touch on that to see what their response would be, you know, and that's where the common ground comes in. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of people, they they think about it and they say the signs, oh, this, that, and the other. There's a lot to that, you know. that's a major that's a major asset that people won't take the time to learn um who the kids are. You have to know exactly who the kids are in order to um get the best out of them. You know, and that's that's knowing knowing their 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 work ethic, there's knowing their family, there's knowing their school situation, their friend situation, that's knowing um you know most of the you know, the emotional roller coaster that they go through, the up, the down, what their day is. So you have to, you know, find out exactly what's going on with them first. Think about who they are, what their traits say they are. Yeah. And you have to put it into a little way. And so you have to have your little individual connectivity with them. Like, yeah. I, have, I have one kid that he doesn't say anything. I say, are you breathing? <laughs> you know, and he turns around and he looks and he's like, yeah, I'm breathing. So I said, I just text you. Do you see what it says? And he looks down at his, his game shorts and he was like, oh yeah, I got it. Mm-hmm. You want me to rebound more? Yes. You know, so we have a dialogue where yeah. I know that he's introvert yeah. and very reserved and you can't get him to talk too much. So I have to get something to reach him. You yeah. know what I mean? So I think that's mind. very interesting because, um, the communication like the way we communicate with each other is like important you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying like how you get the message is more important than like yeah. what the message is sometimes you know you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so i think that's very interesting that you kind of 
like in the case of the introverted kid, it's not like you're forcing him to like talk, like, hey, talk, like, right, you know right, what I'm saying? Cause right. like, that's what, like, I used to get that all the time when I was a kid. People right. would like, kind of like we're, what you were saying about being misunderstood. It's right. not necessarily, I mean, yeah, I was shy, but it's not like I didn't like people or was antisocial. It's just that sometimes I didn't know what to say. You know what right, I'm saying? So right. people would try to force me to talk and I'm just like, I don't really have anything to say. You know right, what I mean? Right, like, right, right. so that's very interesting. I, I, I think it's very interesting that you, don't force people to be something that they're not. You kind right. of meet them where they are. Yeah, meet them where they are. And um, I, it's it, it's going to take steps and stages for them to get to that point. Mm-hmm. You know, even when they're when they graduate high school, they graduate college, whatever you know, part of the workforce they go into. You know, they're still going to have to communicate. And you know, sometimes that's outside of your comfort zone, but you have to do it. Mm-hmm. I have you know certain things like when we're on the, when we're on the circuit and we're out traveling. You know, I want you to introduce yourself to three coaches. Tell me who they are, what schools they're at. I want you to, you know, when you go into a convenience store, speak to the clerk first. The small steps, you know, take small steps. To, you know, to, 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 I don't just want you to all of a sudden, hey, bye, 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 bye. Yeah, straight up, straight up. Yeah, yeah. Like that, but take the little small steps to, to you know, getting to where you need to be. Yeah, so, yeah. that's that's facts. Um, yeah, and I really, I really like that uh, that approach. Um, I kind of want to ask you. Maybe if like there's some kids listening or something like that, I want to know what do you think are some things that kids that are trying to play at the next level tend to overlook? Um, it's a lot because I have a book coming out too. Really? Yeah, I have a book coming out. You really? It'll probably be out in in January. Oh, nice. Um, uh, like along these lines of the sub- yeah, subject matter. Yeah. Okay. But most of the things that they're overlooking is their body language, um, and not allowing a person to judge you not knowing you number one thing the kids are doing now you know their body language you know their facial expressions their language body language sitting on the bench um their social media you know um i got a kid that said man i don't have any college i don't have any colleges can you can you help me get to school and i said well sure send me a, send me your send me your um transcript and send me a highlight clip and a full game clip. Mm-hmm. I get to the highlight clip and it's motherfucking bitch, motherfucking bitch, motherfucking. I say, well, wait a minute, you know, wait a minute. With the music or The him? music, oh, okay. the music, you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? So, I mean, that's the, that's the introduction, yeah. you know what I mean? So that's instantly a cut off because now this person that doesn't know you from anywhere now has an opinion of who he thinks you are. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Right, so you're giving them a reason to say no. You know, then he looks your name up and you have your pants down mm-hmm. and you, you know, your middle fingers up in the picture or you got pictures with money mm-hmm. and, you know, you might have a tattoo sleeve mm-hmm. at 17. Mm-hmm. And so he's already said, this is who you are. Mm-hmm. Never had a conversation with you. Never knows that you have a 3.9. Never knows what's inside your mind. But from a distance, he can say, this is who you are and looks at his campus and says, if I gamble on him, and I lose, my wife, we're gonna have to pack up. I might have to transfer my daughter out of the school. She's gotta go over here. Do I wanna gamble on this person that looks like this? And I've heard his music to his video. Mm-hmm. Am I ready to relocate my kids? Absolutely not. Yeah. So it's, these, these kids definitely don't understand how powerful that is. Body language, social media, they're saying no for a reason. You need to look at yourself. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I, I think that's so interesting. Um, well, one, just like a, like a funny little story. I feel, uh, there was a, a kid I made a highlight tape for and, I used like an instrumental, like, you know what I'm saying? Just that something that perfect, didn't have any words. Perfect. And he like, he, he like, he like texted me back, like, yo, this is so fire, but can you use this song? Yeah, right. <laughs> and I listened to this song and it's the exact same type of thing you're talking about. Right. I was like, bro, like, I don't think this would be a good look for you. Right. You know what right. I'm right. Not, but, um, and then also not. about the body language, bro, like, that's literally something. <clears throat> Because when I'm like making these films, and not even just for y'all, I told you um, I do. I was doing a documentary for a, a high school football team, mm -hmm. so I was making highlights for those kids as well. Right. And man, it's unbelievable to see how like you can see when they're like down on themselves. You can see right. when they're like in the mood to play and when they're not in the mood to play. Right. It's like yo, like literally, all you like. When you're when you're looking to get recruited or when you're looking, you got to be playing hard at all times. Like that's the right. one thing that you can control right. that people will take notice of. You know what I mean? Right. We had this really one talented kid on uh, on the football team, like crazy talented, bro, like mm -hmm. crazy talented. The team itself was not so good, uh -huh. but he like jumped off the page or right. jump, jumped on the screen, jumped off the screen. But he. Like he had moments, you know what I'm saying? He had mm -hmm. moments. I'm like, bro, like if you play like this in a full game tape, you know what I'm yeah. saying? You could go anywhere. Right. But right. it's just like, so, like the kids don't realize. I mean, and, uh, granted, it's easy to see it and then be like, oh, you should do this. It's easy to do that. But right. when you're in it, you're probably not realizing it. But I be telling them, like, yo, like at all times, you should be knowing that you're being watched. You know what I'm right. saying? You're being filmed. You right. know what I'm right. saying? So, like, at all Definitely. times, for the 60 minutes that you're on the field, like, play hard. You right. feel me? Now, you know, and, and a lot of that comes from um, good kids. Yeah. One thing that I do know a lot with the good kids to be a good kid in school, to have good grades, to turn around and have the discipline, to have that discipline at school and to be disciplined at home. A lot of kids, when they get a time out, they want to do what they want to do. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So some kids get tired of the structure setting and some adults and parents aren't aware of it. Um, and they wonder why, man, I don't know why he don't want to do this. I don't know why, because he's structured at home and he doesn't get in trouble at home. Yeah. And he's structured at school and doesn't get in trouble at school. So he just wants to go to the gym and just wants to do what he wants to do. And then when he gets to the gym, no, you're not doing that the right way. You need to shoot like this, this, that, and the other. And it kind of turns the they kid don't off. Take, yeah, they don't take instruction well. You yeah. know what I mean? Because it's really an outlet for him. It's just not something that he really, really wants to do, but mm -hmm. it's an outlet. And it's a decent outlet. We have to pay attention to that to make sure that this kid actually really wants to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Do you have a way of deciphering that in kids? Or do you, tr do you attempt to decipher like the kids that are out here for real and the kids that are just kind of out here because maybe their parents sent them out here or because mm -hmm. like they're, yeah. do you have a way of deciphering that? Yeah. In conversation. And in the conversation, if you explain to them something that they, that they, that they didn't do right, they'll turn around and find an excuse for it. Mm -hmm. So that starts the pattern of excuse, excuse, excuse. The, well, the real excuse is that you really don't want to play. You don't care enough to. You don't want to play. Look at yourself. Yeah. You just don't want to play. You know, so that's just in conversation. If you say something once, say it twice. If they don't get it, you, you teach them a different way. You explain it a different way. And if they don't get it, you explain it another way. Mm -hmm. And if they don't get it, you get someone else to explain it to them. And then if it, the same thing persists, it just they just don't want to yeah. do it. You Dog, know what I mean? that relates so much. <laughs> yo, that relates so much to like business, man. Because yeah. like, and if you look at it in the real world, and 
like so I uh, I run my family's company so like I'm dealing with I'm dealing with like maybe 50 to 70 employees at any given time okay. yeah um yeah. but there's like we have an office that's got uh you know a handful of employees that work like there right and um just dealing like whether dealing with them or dealing with anybody i i kind of explain something and i explain like what the end result needs to be right like we're all adults at this point so like mm-hmm. you can figure out the best way to get to the end result you right. feel me right uh if you can't figure out the best way to the end result then i'm happy to like show you how i would do it i'm happy right. to like walk you through whatever mm-hmm. but after so many times of having the same conversation you get to understand that like this is really within you. You know what I'm right, saying? You have right. to make the decision whether you want to figure this out or not because yeah. I could tell you everything, but the, the the next time a problem comes up, you know what I'm saying? You're going to have to, you know what I'm saying? It's going to yeah. have to be you that wants to figure it out. Right, you know what I'm saying? Right. I can't want to figure it out and for absolutely. you. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. That, that, that is a part of the conversation that we have where, you know, 3%, less than 3% of student athletes go on to play a college sport. Three percent, mm-hmm. right? These people are not going to have the same conversation with you over and over and over again because it's a business. Once you finish high school and you sign your letter of intent, that's your first actual contract mm-hmm. that you have to abide by. So they're not going to keep going over and over and explaining things over and over to you. And so what they're going to do is they're going to the new word is run you off, you know, pretty much let you know you're not going to play. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to say, I want to transfer. Yeah. The coach doesn't like me. You know, <laughs> be like, good, you know, that's what not. we wanted you to do. But, you know what I mean? That's, a, that's, what we, that's what we wanted you to do. You you didn't you didn't stand and fight for your position. You understand? And, and they're not accustomed to standing and fighting because there's always been an outlet. Well, he's, well, he can come over here, mm-hmm. you know, so a kid just figures that he can go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's kind of like what leads to the transfers. Yeah. And, you and know, But and it's like, that. yo, like you're going to encounter the same problems anywhere you go. You got to yeah. get it figured out within yourself. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Definitely. And it's funny because like I feel like I'm one of the more patient ones because I realize now, yeah. uh, like we were talking about something earlier and I said, you know, it's not about when they get the message. It's about just getting the message. Getting the message you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. But the only thing about that is, you know, opportunities won't wait for you. You feel me? You know what I'm saying? So it's like, we know. Yeah. So it's like opportunities don't wait. So it's like me, I'm a patient person. I might explain it to you until you get it. And I might take that time, but I'm not like everybody else. And honestly, I do have my cutting point. Like I I got my point where it's like, yo, like I can't keep doing this. You feel me? And and that, and that, and that also dials into who you are, Mm -hmm. like having the most patience. Like for me, when I'm dealing with kids, I have the most patience. When it comes to adults that think I'm grown, this, that, and the other, but they can't do the right thing, I have next to zero patience. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you're actually in charge and you actually have other people that rely on you mm-hmm. and now you're exercising the whatever yeah. m- mentality. Yeah, I don't have the patience for adults yeah. when it gets to that. But a kid got all the patience in the world. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? and I think and, that's that's needed for yeah. kids. You know, what so I'm it's saying? like adult wise, who who how many people do you provide for? Okay, so you're just saying to hell with them. Yeah, right? straight up. You just don't want to do it. Just to hell with them, or it's just this moment right here. Why well, do need you to get past this moment? You know what I mean? Right. Take you a couple of take you a couple of hours, whatever. Get you clear your head. I need you to get back focused. That you have a job to do. They're relying on you. 
we're relying on you. You know what I mean? Like Facts. that's that's the it's just the the little the little temporary moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and there's yeah. a lot of people that have those moments, you know, and some moments last longer than others. Facts. You know, dealing Facts. with a few dealing with a few now. Yeah. You know, kids. So um <clears throat> I wanted to know from the coaching tip, who um and it doesn't even have to be coaches, but who would you say influences you? All of the coaches. Yeah. All of the coaches. Um you you get bits and pieces from all of your coaches. Um, most most of, most of the things that you learned from the game, you keep and you use. Mm-hmm. The things that you know that worked. So whatever coach that I've had in the past, you know, from from Bouchelle to, you know, Coach Eric to Matthews to Woods to, you know, it's uh, – Joe Wolf and George Call and Daryl Dawkins and Sean Higgins and you you take a little bit of everything from everybody what you remember the most that was most effective and, and you use it um, for example uh, Joe Wolf he's, he's coach for the Greensboro Swarm talked about you know stuff being the game with all the politics of who went to what school who averaged what all this and I asked him Last month conversation, how do you how do you deal with the mentality of the guys in the G League that feel like they're all NBA guys? I said I know their mentality is different than you know when I played for you. What's the mentality? Well, you know, at the end of the day, it's about the basketball. It's about the business. You know, so he at, he's good at managing personalities, and that's what it is on a high level. High school, you don't manage the personalities. You're trying to trying to get the kid to recognize what their goal is. I don't have time to pacify your personality, right? Got to get you to this. Got to get you to this point. Once you get you to this point, when you get to school, it's gonna be totally different. Coach may cuss you all the way out, cuss you out every day. You know, you may come from a private school where they don't curse at you, and so now it's an automatic shutdown. You feel like the coach hates me. Yeah, right. <clears throat> Straight up. So. I learned from another coach that when the game is over, he's got three hallways to go to. He's going down to talk to his boss about why they lost to a rival. He's gonna go talk to the media. And then he's gonna come out in that family hallway, right? Going down that family hallway, you got the players, the 15 players, the mothers, the fathers, the 45 different personalities, right? We don't really not even gonna talk about the fans. Go down this hallway here with the media. It goes to the world. Comes down here to the boss over in the athletic department. You mess around and have maybe another, let's say, 30 opinions of what people thought you should have did. You add all those up. At the end of the day, the pressure is on his name. Mm-hmm. He might have been yelling at you all week. Make sure you cut off the baseline. And you, I got it. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> you just don't. I got it. <laughs> you know, and during yeah. the game, during the game, you're going through and you're cutting off the baseline and you're cutting off the baseline. You're cutting off the baseline. And then here it is. One play, a guy goes by and you don't cut off the baseline. And the big guy comes over, you know, it's 30 something seconds left. The big guy comes over and he blocks the shot. And you're like, yes, he blocked the shot. But then the guy gets the offensive put back and you lose by one. Mm-hmm. And they're going to talk about the fact that you didn't rebound. Yeah. Where the fact goes back to if you never let him go baseline, 
the big guy never has to come over. His guy never gets the offensive rebound. So the next time you see him in practice, you, do you think that he's going to talk to you in a nice way after the media Everybody put the loss like on him? Yeah, of course. The bosses, we lost to the rival. How can we lose to the rival? And you, they have that different type of pressure. So it's, you know, the student athletes don't understand that part of it, the pressure that the coaches deal with. They get paid the big dollars because they deal with their pressure well. You know what I mean? So... That's that's a that's a big part of it. Um, understanding they have yeah. to understand the cycle of the business. Yeah, that's facts. Um, I want to ask you just like some kind of like rapid fire questions. These are some questions Perfect. that I ask like usually every, almost everybody that comes through. Yeah. So um, the first question I want to ask is put my seatbelt on. For yeah, yeah. <laughs> none of these are crazy. They're not crazy, but there are. You know, what I'm saying a little. You got you. You got might have to do some thinking or whatever. But uh, what's what's the best investment you've ever made? And it doesn't have to be a monetary investment, but just whether it's like investment in time, investment in like a resource, and it, or it could be something money wise. But what is the best? What would you say is the best investment you've ever made? The best investment that I've made um, is actually committing to helping someone change their life. Um, I've, you know, I have a couple of couple of guys that I really, um, <clears throat> I really put my hat on as far as they can they can come to me for anything. Mm -hmm. They went through something challenging in life, and that investment. The time that I've that I've put in with them, where they may have not been an athlete at the time, they were working. We got them from working a job to back in school. You know what I mean? Now from back in school, you know now they're they have families, houses. So the actual investment in time with someone that wasn't prepared at that stage, they weren't there. That investment right there is is something that. I actually hang the hat on to see people that you've put hands on and help. And now to see them working every day, they purchase their home, they marry kids. You know what I mean? So that's, that's the investment that I actually like, you know, we got some that are, you know, police here in, in Metro, you know, down in DC. Um, you know, everyone, everyone's story didn't end with them playing pro basketball, mm -hmm. but they are actually successful in what yeah. they're doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? You have a kid and that works on the stock market. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So that's that's my that's that's what it is, that investment. Yeah. And um, just to touch on what you're saying about, like, success isn't measured by whether you end up playing pro, I don't think. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, I told you, I don't know if, if I can't remember if we were actually rolling or not when I told you the situation of, like, when like what I learned most about playing youth sports right. was a sense of responsibility that right. I carry on to me now, like to this day, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't make excuses for like, I don't say I'll be somewhere and then make an excuse of why I can't be there. Right. Like I right. stick to my word right. Right. a lot because of, you know what I'm saying? The responsibility I felt as a kid playing sports saying, you know what I'm saying? If my coach says I gotta be somewhere, mm -hmm. if I want to play, I gotta be there. And if right. my parents can't take me, I gotta figure out how to get there. You feel right. me? Right. Um, all of that comes from playing sports. So I think, um, the success come, but also too, man, like so many kids that I were on my teams are successful people too. You know right, what I'm saying? They, right. But they're not playing sports. You know right, what I'm saying? Like right. that's not where, I, I don't think that's the measurement. Well, well, and it's absolutely, it's not because at the end of the day, the ball will stop bouncing. Yeah, at I some mean, point. Show me a 75 year old playing pro. It it's 100%. Uh, you know what I mean? So like your career change, your transition into your next path is critical 
but it's based off of your work ethic and off of your work you know ethic I mean? your personality right. like whether you're I guess you could say what networking like your relationships Network, yes. you know you, what I mean you, you, you do not burn any bridges yeah you, yeah you go across some of those bridges again you like you can be a star about? athlete but if you're an asshole when you're 40 years yeah. old and retire no one's gonna be one right, of those people right. are gonna be like good I'm done with right, you right. you know what I I'm know, saying so like, I know guys now that that they've banked 150 million dollars you know they you know, went back to school after they stopped playing and you know, got the degree. They're bored, um, but they've rubbed some people the wrong way and they, you know, the industry's done with them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So there's another side where people say, well, what problem can you possibly have? Well, yeah. if you're 34 years old and you have a hundred million bank, then you've been in every shopping spree and you've been, you know, every yeah. vacation, you know, then every day seems like Groundhog Day. You yeah. wake up, it's the same thing over and over again. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, uh, I did this yesterday at 2 o'clock. Yeah. I did this yesterday at 2 o'clock. So we say the habit yeah, of, yeah. and this is the habit. You know what I mean? So Facts. That, that that definitely is. Yeah. Um. Next question is, in what ways, if any, has your life turned out differently than you expected? Um. It didn't really turn out different. Um. A lot of times, like we measure, our, like we said, we measure the success about how we get somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, there's only one thing that I would change different, and that would be, you know, the selection of schools. Very beginning, which that you made that for I yourself. made that would have that would have <laughs> changed my path. Um, but I believe that I'm completely. I've done everything that I've set out to do. Um, Went to college, graduated from college, you know, played professional, you know, coaching. So, every, you know, the transition for me, everything that I've done. Checked off all the boxes. I checked off the boxes, Straight you up. know what I mean? Now, of course, there was there was pits and roads. You know, no it's never yeah, a bumpy, it's, it's never a smooth road. Every road Always a bumpy every, road. Every road you take is going to have a bump on it. You can be on the right path and that road is still bumpy. Yeah. That doesn't mean get off of the road because it's bumpy. You know what I mean? You stay if you're on the right path, you're on the right path. Yeah, and I feel like it's so interesting, man. I feel like when you are on, you know you're on the right path. When sometimes you go down the road and you look back and you're like, damn, I like I messed, I, yeah, I went through yeah, a whole yeah. lot of hurdles. You know what I'm saying? Like like me, I, like me, I just keep my head down and I work and I look back and I'm like, dang, I've gone through a lot of things, but. It might have felt like pain in it, but I was so passionate about what I was doing that it was inevitable that I was going to do it anyway. You know what I mean? Right. Like I was like the pain wasn't gonna stop me from doing it. Right. I mean, honestly, in certain parts of my life, the pain has stopped me. That's how I know I didn't want that thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want mm -hmm. that thing like that because a, a certain obstacle did make me stop. But like right. in other aspects of my life, there's no. I, like there's no obstacle that would make me stop doing the things that I love doing. You know what I mean? Right, right. So that's very interesting. Um, last, last uh, question is: uh, if you had a billboard, could, could put a message on it. It's pretty much something that you could get out to millions of people. What would you put on that billboard? Invest in yourself. Um, a lot of people are relying on relationships of others, and they're not putting enough on themselves and they're not investing in themselves. Um, I have kids that, for example, on our AAU team that say they want to go to a certain school. I say, well, have you introduced yourself to the coach? Have you emailed them? Have you tell and then, no, I haven't. Invest in yourself. You know, you can make that relationship. You can build that bond. You know, and then when you get, whenever you get a chance to see him, recognize his picture on the website. If you see him at one of the tournaments, walk up to him, introduce yourself. I sent you the email, this, that, and the other. You have to invest in yourself, right? 
Yeah. So when we get in, when we get into business or sports or what have you that we're in, you it's you. This is something that you want to do or claim that you want to do. So don't rely on someone else to do your work for you. Facts, right? And I often say that I I my bridge that I've built. I don't let anyone cross my bridge. You got to have all the boxes checked before I allow you to walk across my bridge because this is the bridge that I built. So I'm not just going to, you know, give you the shortcut to come across this bridge. 100%. Oh, if, yeah, that's 100% facts. If you, if you haven't done, yeah. you know, your work. Yeah. You know, and it's nothing for me to help you or try to try to motivate you another way, but these boxes have to be checked. You know, I cherish my relationships. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm not just going to cut the corner for you because what you're a special talent no yeah. because the next level is not going to allow that or your next job is not going to allow that to keep cutting corners you know what i mean yeah, so yeah. um it's a, it's a genius move for cutting corners for some you know because it temporarily works yeah you know but in the long run that's who you are and you'll be labeled as mm -hmm. and you got to that point but you known for cutting corners so you might have you might have won temporarily right there but for the long haul you don't got even. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean? And it's so, man, it's so I resonate so much with what you said about like you built your your own bridge. Right. And people can't come walking on that bridge because I feel so I, I look at it in the photography, videography world that I that I'm in. Um I I'm self-taught in everything, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? But the reason I'm as like the reason I am what I am is mm -hmm. because of all the like the ways I've had to learn how to do everything. I've right. had to learn how to do everything with no money, with no like right. equipment, with right. no anything. You right. know what I'm saying? I've had to figure out what I do need, yeah. why I need it, what's important, what right. I you know what I'm saying? What what some famous videographer would say, you absolutely need this and I get it and it makes no difference. You right. know what I'm right. saying? Like right. I've gone right. through right. I've gone through all the highs and the lows. So like when people come to me like, yo, like how do I start? How do I do this? How do I do that? Mm -hmm. I'm like, yo, you really gotta just do it because like my like my story is mine. You right, feel me? My right, path is mine. My right. like the reason I like the reason you look at my work and you see what you see is because of everything that I've done leading up to this particular thing. Right. So if you don't do all the things that you need to do leading up to whatever your particular thing is, you won't you know what I'm saying? It yeah. won't it won't mean it won't mean anything or it won't you won't it won't have the value that like my work does right. for me. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So, so it's like you really got to you really got to go through your own wins and losses, you know what I'm saying? On your own. You got to build your own bridge for real. They they the wins and losses I slept in my car for a workout with the Charlotte Hornets. You know, those are those are part of stories that they they talk about. Oh, you did this, you did this, you did this. That's not one that they talk about. Mm -hmm. They realize you slept in your car. Yeah, I, I drove here. Did what it took. I, 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 I <laughs> Straight slept up. right here. You know, then they actually got me a room. They got me a room. I worked out for two days and I went back home. You know what I mean? But it's like. You, you have to figure out a lot of people that are successful do not share those stories mm -hmm. and they hold those stories and they actually come out later. But there are a lot of downside Hell, to, to yeah. stories and, and they and people just want to see the perception of good. Going back to what we said earlier, there's good and bad, but people only recognize the good. They yeah. don't want to touch the bad. Yeah. But the bad is what made you. It's what it is. Like it's the, it's the great, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah bro. Yeah. So, I feel that. So we've, we've gone through... Um, I, I used one of the guys um, that plays overseas. Um, he was in the NBA for a minute, uh, the kid Utah Tabutse. Mm -hmm. um, he was 5'9", Japanese-born player, first Japanese-born player. 
And I had a guy, I had a kid telling me he's going, he's going to the NBA. And I said, well, how are you, how do you plan on doing that? And he said, well, I'm just going to go to the NBA. I said, well, what happens when there's a, 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 a guy from Europe, um, that's, that doesn't have your ability, but he's, he's more marketable, you know? And he was like, that don't mean anything. So I said, well, I need you to think a little further into where the pro game is going. And then you have to know where it came from see and recognize where the game is going before you can insert yourself in that puzzle. The NBA at, at, at let's, let's take it to the world trade center. Mm-hmm. The world trade center had 72 countries represented in the building, right? In the NBA right now, there's 40 countries represented. So there's still another 32 countries potentially that could come here and be in the NBA. Mm-hmm. That's welcome in this soil, on this. Soil. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if you come from, let me see, what's one of my favorite cities? Talk about New York. What's in New York City? Come from New York City. 10, 15 million, 20 million, whatever you want to say. You have someone coming from, you know, Slovenia. You know, they're going to choose the revenue over the relationship of the fact that you're from the U.S., However many, many million that may buy the NBA package. Now we're talking business. We're choosing the revenue over the relationship, the fact that you're uh, American. If you guys are close in ability, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't, yeah. He's going, they're going with the money. So a lot of guys are not thinking in advance on how they're going to be a part of the game or where they are. And they talk about the politics but there is a way around some politics if you know how if you know what's going on then you can step over here or you can step right here and change that mm-hmm. right for example if we say we're going for Slovenia then go sign a contract in Slovenia once you come out you try the NBA doesn't work go to Slovenia knowing that they had knowing that they're watching one of the guys over there mm-hmm. you go over there you make your network for a year year and a half you go over there and then you want to come back and that person that they're looking at over there, that's a pro at 18, somehow, some way, you build a bond. He's going to ask you questions about the U.S. Before you know it, you have a bond. Next thing you know, they want to draft him. All of a sudden, the agent says, well, you want you want the Slovenian kid, you have to take him too to camp. And now you get an opportunity in the NBA because you bridge the gap. Mm-hmm. It's a communication oh, thing. Yeah. Where, where our youth really, they suck at the communication part. Yeah. They really do. Yeah. yeah. I, asked, I, asked, I asked my team last night, do you guys talk in a group chat? And they, everybody's like we're doing right now. <laughs> Nothing being said. They're looking around and saying, well, yeah, that's great. You know what I mean? That's a, you know, everybody just, waiting for somebody else to be like, <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? It's just like, the thanks, thanks for communicating, yeah. guys. You know, it's like, how can you, how can you be a good team? How can you communicate? How can you, how can you not communicate and be a good team? It doesn't work that way. And that works in every part of life. You yeah, have to communicate, right, yeah. you know, and step step outside of your comfort zone. You don't have to step outside your comfort zone for a long time, but yeah. at least step outside because if you don't step outside your comfort zone, there's no growth. Mm-hmm. You're not going to grow. Mm-hmm. You're just going to be here. Mm-hmm. So you have to slowly step out and you'll, you'll grow, but, you know, 
Yeah. That's a beat. It takes time, man. Yeah. yeah, man. I really appreciate you sitting down with me for this convo, yeah, man. man. I, f- I feel like I've gained a whole lot of insight, you know what <laughs> yeah. I'm saying? A whole lot of knowledge and definitely things that I'm going to think about. I'm sure uh, listeners will feel the same way. Uh, before we go, I want to I wanna ask you, you know what I'm saying? Is there any place where people can uh, like reach out to you, say what's up, um, get some more information about you, anything like that, socials, um, websites? Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> Website is www.bisyouth.org, um, and that has you know our services and plans and things that we have up and coming. Um, Instagram at uh, bis underscore group underscore, um, just to see what we have going on mm-hmm. with the kids mm-hmm. or some motivational uh, words throughout the day, and you know a few pictures here and there. Mm-hmm. But most part is is motivating. Um, you know, I, I think sometimes I think of the social media as the boogeyman. Why is you know that? Because I mean? <laughs> it allows it temporarily allows some people to be something that they're not. You know Facts. what I mean? So, it, you know, some social media is great, you know, for some and then others is smoke and mirrors for mm-hmm. some. You know what I mean? So I kind of, you know, it's kind of tough to get me to stay on consistently yeah, because yeah. I, I can sometimes I can see some people, you know, take it somewhere totally different. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's common ground. Yeah. So I'm I'm kind of up and down, but yeah. you know, I, listen, I may not respond, but I'm watching. But you are hundred percent, hundred percent. It's yeah. funny, man, because I always like I I realize that too about social, but I just kind of make the conscious decision to just not uh, like. So when I know somebody is like not being who they are, right. I try to not judge them. I try to right. just be like, okay, like whatever that yeah. person's doing. And that's and that's honestly why I don't follow a lot of people that I actually do like in real life. Right. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. Like right. if I like no. you in real Absolutely. life, I can't follow you yeah. because like I don't want to be I don't want to be jaded by like who you want to be. On right, social. right. You know what right. I'm saying? I yeah. want to appreciate you for the person that I know. And, and that's and that's that's what I've done as far as phone. Mm-hmm. So if you're not if if your number is locked in my phone. There's no reason for us to be friends on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, facts. Snapchat, Instagram, <laughs> Twitter. You facts, know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like having that whole line of communication. Yeah, like you have up. my number, man. Straight up. You didn't see up. my picture on Facebook? Nah, you didn't see it on Instagram, Snapchat? Why nah. do you need me to yeah, see yeah, it? I, I, you know what I mean? So <laughs> like straight up. I'm not going to give you that many avenues straight of connection. Up. You know what I mean? Straight up. So, but yeah. Um, yeah, man, once again, thank you for coming through. Um, uh, just to say, man, like I told you before, man, this is the team is looking really good this summer. Thanks, um, man. I, I've been this is the second summer, so like, yeah, this 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 bunch of guys that you got look really good together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, you're gonna you're gonna like how it ends. You know, yeah. we have a couple of guys that that um this is it for them this period. Mm-hmm. Um, their AAU career AAU is over. careers are over, and um you know I have a couple of pieces that are you know that are joining that are, that are going to pick up the pick up the slack. Yeah, you know when nice. they drop off. So nice. You'll, you'll like you'll like the connection. Nice, including nice. a four point two student. Oh dang, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that's crazy. I've always wondered how kids could. Like get, I mean, you gotta just be really diligent, man. Yeah, just get yeah. that four point two or anything up that, anything over a three eight. I really think you just got to be really, really diligent. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they, so and that, that's that, cool. That yeah, that hurt. That hurts when you when you have a when you have that strong GPA, and you can read something over and over and tell me what chapter it's in. Yeah, but then you can't make a split second decision. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like and you it, can. You're just not confident. I think it's right. just you're not confident in it. And sometimes, honestly, like that's. I think where the smarts comes from. Like right. sometimes you're so smart that you want to analyze, you want to overanalyze. And, and, and that's exactly <laughs> you know what, what it is. That's exactly yeah. what it is. So, and that's what I, I'm okay with dealing with mm-hmm. with this group, you yeah, know, yeah. this academic group. So. Facts, facts. Yeah. But um, yeah, man, thank you for coming on again. Thanks, man.
What's good, folks? This is Mech again. Uh, before we go, I just want to thank you again for listening to um, this episode of This A Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please let me know. Hit me up on any of the social media channels at itsnation.com. That's at itsnation.com, D-O-T-C-O-M spelled out. Hit me up there. Let me know how you felt about this. If anything in this episode resonated with you, definitely save it. Listen to it again. Um, I do that with podcasts all the time. Share this. You know what I'm saying? Let your let your homies know about it. Again, check out everything that we got on itsnation.com. And we really got a talented team putting dope content together on there. And again, if you are interested in getting your podcast off the ground or uh, chopping it up about podcast ideas, you know what I'm saying? You want your voice to be heard, anything like that, hit me up. Uh, this a podcast at gmail.com. That's this a podcast at gmail.com, and we can definitely rap about it. Uh, but again, man, thanks. I appreciate you guys for fucking with the brand.